بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد Dear listeners of Marcus Sahaba, mothers and sisters, fathers and brothers, Alhamdulillah, one of the things that we are always and constantly reminded of, and in particularly of recent times when I had a few uh, bereavements in the family, close relatives who had passed away, and it got me thinking about death, about the reality of death, and more on the practical side, and that is what I want to base my nasiha and my uh, few words this morning on, is that when, to, 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 to draw a sort of picture for you when a person passes away, and immediately thereafter what happens, so when a person passes away, and uh, now they have breathed their last, and they are now, their soul has left their body, Immediately thereafter, the family members and those people who are immediately around them would then close their eyes, they would fasten their feet together because when a body becomes cold in whatever shape and whatever condition it becomes cold, then the body remains in that condition and having the opportunity of performing ghusl on different people, we have seen bodies sometimes with the eyes left open, sometimes uh, with the hands not uh, put straight, or uh, for whatever reason, when a person passes away and uh, the person's body is placed in the mortuary, then you find those few uh, issues coming up. Uh, So a person's eyes must be closed, their feet must be tied together, uh, and their jaw, their mouths must be closed in a sort of cloth, must be placed from beneath the cheek till above the head uh, so that uh, the, the, the mouth is kept closed. And then this body, immediately as soon as a person passes away, uh, I had my name in my entire life, and this name got me passage to many different things. Uh, my name got me uh, respect, it got me status, it got me friends, it got me relationships. Uh, and it got me many different things in this world, but as soon as I passed away, now that name is no longer relevant, that name is no longer uh, applicable, that name is now changed, and I am then referred to the terms of reference have changed, and uh, now uh, I'm no longer just uh, Junaid or whatever else it may be, now I am the body or the deceased or the mayat, or the janaza. And this is a lesson for us to learn, that uh, our status means absolutely nothing in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And even in this world, our status doesn't mean uh, very much. In this world, we may be having uh, hundreds of thousands of followers on social media, or we may be uh, very respected in our communities, or whatever else. But when we pass away, then that status, now we are, our name is lost, now we are just referred to as the deceased or the body. And then this body is taken to the place of ghusl. So you place sometimes in the mortuary, sometimes the post-mortem is carried out on the body, may Allah Ta'ala save us from that, and Allah Ta'ala grant us protection and make it easy for all of uh, the communities where, where, where post-mortem has to be done. And um, Sometimes the post-mortem is not necessary because of the type of death and circumstances of death. 
And so the body is taken for ghusl. When the body is taken for ghusl, we must know that the per- a dead body now has no bodily function whatsoever. So because of that, certain fluids ooze from the body, from different crevices, uh, then the body starts emitting an odor, smell comes out from the person's mouth, from the person's other bo- body uh, exits, and uh, the body then starts smelling. So because of that, the ghusl room is smoked with a fragrant smoke so that uh, the smell does not affect those people who are making ghusl. Even the people who are making ghusl, even the near family members, are bound to wear a mask to cover their mouths and noses so that the, the, the stench does not get to them. They are able to continue the ghusl in relative ease. And this is also a lesson for us. That this body that I had, that I spent so much of money on, that I spent so much of time on, the, our reality is that at the end we are going to return to a state where people would not even want to smell us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran, هَلْ أَتَى عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ حِينٌ مِّنَ الدَّهْرِ لَمْ يَكُنْ شَيْءً مَذْكُورًا Did not a time come upon people when they was something not even worth mentioning. And that was our inception. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referring to the impure fluid that um, is transferred from male to female and that forms uh, the basis of, of, of pregnancy and conception. And we don't even mention it, we don't even speak about it because it is impure. Now when a person passes away also, the sort of impurity and stench and odor then comes to fore. Um, thereafter, after the room is smoked, the body is made to lay on the ghusl bench and everything is removed from the body. No matter what clothing we are wearing, what brand, what quality, what price, every bit of clothing is removed from our bodies, then all of our jewelry is removed. Every last thing is removed. Even if we have false teeth that are removable, that are loose, that is removed from our body. Earrings are removed. Hair pieces are removed. Everything from the body is removed totally and completely. And only those things, for example, fillings or gold uh, implants and things like that, that, is, that are irremovable, only that is, is left on the body besides that everything else is removed from the body. And this also gives us a lesson that we will leave this world with absolutely nothing. Uh, it is mentioned about Alexandria the Great. When he was uh, nearing his death, he made a bequest, bury me with my arms spread wide apart. People asked him why. He said, so the world can see that even Alexandria the Great, who had everything of this world and had kingdom over vast portions of this world, even he leaves this world with absolutely nothing. And so we leave this world with absolutely nothing, and now uh, uh, our whistle is started. And just to give you a brief idea, uh, uh, you know, especially in the cities where uh, there's a specialized, a special group of people who participate in the ghusl, 
and many others don't get the opportunity of performing Russell. So uh, just uh, very briefly, uh, the Russell procedure, when the Russell starts, the body is uh, made to lie on, it, on its back and the back is lifted a little bit. Two or three people help to lift the body and the stomach is massaged. And as the stomach is massaged, impurities start flowing out of the rear and somebody has to go and put on a glove, put on a, uh, a mitten and perform stinja on this dead body. And this is another lesson for us, that we don't even have function of our own digestive system, we don't even have function of our own bowel movements, and now somebody has to perform stinja for us because of the impurities. And this is what we are. We are filled with impurities, no matter how decadent, no matter what price the food was, no matter how expensive that fancy steak was, no matter what price those prawns were, no matter how expensive a drink we had, no matter how expensive the restaurant we ate at, but it all becomes impurity and it is passed out of our system. And um, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa mentions in the hadith uh, that Ibn Adam, Yaqulu Ibn Adam, Mali, Mali, Mali. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that Ibn Adam, man, says, my wealth, my wealth. And nothing is yours, illa ma akalta fa'afnait. Besides what you have eaten and has passed through your system. O labista fa'ablait. What you have worn as clothing and worn out completely to the point that you are unable to utilize that clothing item further. Even that so only that is yours. O tasaddaqata fa'amdait or what you have given in charity and that you have forwarded it to your account in the Asira. And only that is yours. So now this food that we have eaten, it's impurities now, it's passing through our system and somebody has to actually perform stinja for us to remove those impurities so that our, our entire bodies are clean. And after that, and then wudu is carried out on the mayat, uh, like how we perform wudu. And let us let it be that this is a common practice for us. Let it not be that the wudu performed on us as dead bodies is a wudu that comes after a very long time because we have not been regular in salah, hence not regular in wudu. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So, then wudu is performed on the body, like how you perform wudu on a living person or how a living person performs wudu. That's the same way that a dead person performs wudu. Um, after the wudu, then um, the body is washed with soap and water. And even that soap, the cheapest sunlight soap, that is what is used. Even if our entire lives we were used to the most expensive perfumes, most expensive shampoos and body wash and whatever else it may be but at the time of our death it's the cheapest soap that is used and our entire bodies are washed head first face then the right hand side then the left hand side the back also everything is washed once the body is washed then 
the camphor water is mixed and camphor water is poured over the entire body. After that, the body is lifted once again, stomach massaged and istinja carried out once again. After that istinja is done, then uh, uh, the, the body doesn't have to be washed or, or, or rinsed again, even though impurities may have come out. Just wash out those impurities and then it's done. Then the body is dried. And during this entire procedure, Olama mentioned that the body has feeling. The body is able to feel what is happening and able to hear sounds around. And that is why it is necessary for us to use warm water uh, and uh, to make it as comfortable as possible for the deceased. And then the body is dried and placed on the coffin. What is our coffin? What is our shroud or clothing that we are go uh, that we are going to wear to our grave? And the most important journey of our lives, whenever we are attending an important event, then we prepare the best. A person uh, in, in in our time, what is common and uh, what is uh, considered the most important thing is the day of Eid. People prepare outfits, fancy, fancy outfits for the day of Eid. Uh, costing thousands of rands, weddings, nikahs, etc. People, you know, go out of their way. I've heard of people who have travelled overseas to get their wedding outfit prepared so that they can uh, be looking uh, the best on the wedding day. That is the truth and reality. Allah Ta'ala save us. It's not a good thing to do and it is squandering, that is wastage and we need to stay away from that type of behaviour. Uh, however, people do spend it. But for them and us and every one of us, the lesson is that when I, when I go into my grave, what clothing are they going to put on for me? And the simple answer is that for a man, three sheets of white cloth. For a lady, five sheets of white cloth. Of the simplest, calico, plain and simple, not fancy, not expensive, very simple and plain uh, pieces of cloth. And that is the reality. And we are shrouded, we are wrapped up, camphor is placed, ether is placed, and we are taken to our graves. And in our graves, uh, before we put into the grave, our family recites Yasin on us, whether we're at home or whatever, and then the body is taken to the grave, and in the grave, our family members put us lying on our right-hand side, facing the wall. The grave is not tiled, it is not carpeted, it is not paved, it is not even cemented. The grave is just dug, it's plain sand on the bottom, plain sand on the walls, and our bodies are put, whether it is the middle of summer when it is hot, whether it is the coldest night in winter, there is no additional comforts that are placed in the grave. The grave is ground on the floor, ground on the walls. That's it. They are placed on our right hand side, facing the tibla. The knots of our coffin are opened, and wood is used. Blanks are used to to cover first our bodies, to block our bodies, and then. Um, Sand is thrown over us and the grave is closed. From the top, we just look 
like a heap of sand, and we are lying there at the bottom in our graves. This is the truth. This is the reality. How much have we prepared for it? How ready are we to face this reality? And have we gotten our affairs in order so that when we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are able to answer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for whatever we have spent our lives doing in this world? That is the important question that we have to answer. And we can perhaps start this off on this particular day and find out from the ulama what is necessary for us in order to prepare for the day of our death. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all death with iman. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all success in this world, success in qabr, success in the akhirah. We make the dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma barik lana fil maut wa fima ba'da al-maut. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us barakah in death, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us barakah in our lives after death. Ameen, ya Rabbil Alameen. Jazakumullahu khairan. From Junaid Jassad, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.